much. Thank y'all for joining us. We are back and continuing our series on how to share your faith with others. Uh, today we're going to be looking at uh, how our lives and the way we live our lives uh, is the message that we share others. And uh, the author had a point on here that says where she said how we live reflects on the message we share. And that's certainly true, but I think I would take a little step further and say how we live is the message that we share. Um, that's ultimately what gets through. So we're going to be in Colossians chapter 3 today as we look at these main points of uh, how we live our lives. So. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says, So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So this is a, a fairly familiar passage to some of us, and maybe some of you it's the first time you've heard it before, but uh, as, as Paul gets into this application series here, and this is one of those times where Paul is just really pragmatic, where he just lays down you know, one thing after the other. But don't lose sight of the fact that he begins by pointing us to who we are in Christ, and that these realities are only made by not a singular decision to follow Jesus at some point in the past, but a moment-by-moment -moment decision to abide in the person of Jesus, to rest in the reality of Jesus. And so, Chris is going to pull up some points, and as we look at this, as we ask ourselves, you know, what does it mean to set our minds on things above and not on earthly things? Um, verse 1, I like what it says, seek the things above. And Daniel and I were discussing this earlier today, and, and the question is here, how exactly do we set our hearts and minds on the things above? And that's like you just said, moment-by-moment moment decisions. It's making a, a choice, a daily choice, just to follow Jesus in every decision, moment-by-moment. Moment. Um, and then verse 2, set your mind on things above. Once again, seek the things above. Set your mind on things above not on earthly things and i think it's easy for us to get caught up in the earthly things the the temporal things the um clothes house car job etc it's it's much harder to um wrap our minds around the things that are going to actually last forever you know relationships and and putting into our own bodies what it is that will help us um grow even in eternity yeah and I mean, I think that if we think about it as, you know, when it talks about what is above, he says, seek, you know, the things above where Christ is. So what is happening where Christ is? Like, what is happening in this moment? And there are a lot of scriptures that tell us about what's happening in that moment where Christ is interceding uh, with God on man's behalf, where uh, Christ is showing compassion and mercy. And then he goes to the point, he says, set your mind on things above. And so... Then the idea comes to, well, what are the things that we're doing that have an eternal impact? And they essentially are two things, uh, the relationships we have with each other and the things that we teach ourselves and the things that become a part of our psyche and a part of our mentality uh, as we go about life. Those are the things that are above. Uh, a lot of times when we talk about, you know, quote unquote heaven or, you know, what happens when we die, I find that a lot of people have this idea that they're going to die and at some instantaneous moment, every thought process they've ever had in the past or anything like that's just gonna go away. And we're just gonna be these, you know, 
sanctify the people floating around playing harps on clouds. And uh, the reality of it is everything about Scripture reveals a God who is, who is constantly molding us in His image. Um, and so we're going to have a lot of growing to do, even after death. And that's actually an exciting thing. Um, but it should remind us that a lot of the things that we do on earth will help precipitate what we will experience in eternity. Yeah, a, gr a great book that, um, that you can read on that is C.S. Lewis, The Great Divorce. And um, we even brought that up today. Dana was talking about that part in the book where... Um, and this is a fictional account, of course, but it was this guy walking on g grass that looked like glass and it was harming his feet and the other people were just running around like it was nothing. And just the difference in how we prepare ourselves for even eternity. And sometimes we do forget ourselves. We, we concentrate so much on loving other people and, and helping them. And that is growing ourselves, but we forget to ingest and intake what we can and learn of the scripture itself. Yeah, and that's actually where we're moving to in this next, in this next um, portion of verses as we jump ahead to verses 12 through 15. So, Therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a grievance against another. Just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. Above all, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ, to which you are also called in one body, rule your hearts and be thankful. Well, if you look at this from the perspective that we just mentioned a, a minute ago, that the two realities for eternity are the relationships we have with each other and the things that we think within our own mind and the, the realities that we have embraced or embodied. And I think both of those are, are reflected in this passage here because Paul says, first of all, there are some things that we need to do within ourselves. And we need to become compassionate, kind, humble, gentle and patient and then we need to take that what we've done and told ourselves and then interact with it with others because he says now you do that by bearing one another's burdens and forgiving one another uh, and he says even if anybody has a grievance against you in other words the idea that somebody has a grievance against you is somebody that has a legitimate cause uh, you know to hold something against you so this is the idea that he's perpetuating here yeah in verses 8 and 9 which we didn't read it talked about the old way of thinking, the anger, malice, slander, filthy language, and putting that off. And then we introduce in verse 12 what we're supposed to put on, which we just read, compassion and kindness and such. And um, we've kind of dealt with this before in a, in a past Sunday school lesson and how that um, the imagery there of if you are, if you have dirty clothes on, you don't go and put on clean clothes on top of it and try to mask what's underneath because your smell is gonna come out. You're gonna still smell funny. And so we can't mask kindness and humility and gentleness because even if you, you think you're being kind and gentle and, and humble, it's gonna come across in your tone or your you know um, disposition um, if you try to act that way but yet you still harbor anger and resentment and malice in your heart towards someone it's gonna still come out in the way you treat them 
even with you know even if you're trying to be kind with your words so the question here is what are some practical steps we can take to put on this character and I think Daniel hit it earlier when he just said it's just every decision and every moment it's taking up taking the time to just make sure that we're clothed in in this humility and grace and kindness and not bearing and harboring any resentment yeah and one of the things that struck me as we were talking about this earlier today and was and Christy read these verses we were driving down the road and she read the verses to me and the thing that just kind of washed over me was remembering how Jesus was with other people and every one of these things that he mentions here are things that you have to invest your emotions in uh, so you you can't be kind and be distant you can't be gentle but yet pushing away um, they require a vulnerability of self so it means getting close it means becoming interconnected with people um, and, and I think it's that's not it's no accident that he goes in right into bearing with one another in other words this is something that you do as you get up next to people um, as you as your life becomes intermingled with theirs um, you know that some of the realities of their life are going to rub off on you and the realities of their circumstances are going to rub off on us and, and Paul's thing is what are you going to do are you going to be kind and compassionate are you going to be humble and gentle are you going to stand off and say you know you need to fix you you need to do this you need to do that and do that and unfortunately a lot of times we throw up you know some moral reason why we shouldn't you know get close to people but man Paul is pointing us to here just this investedness in the lives of others yeah um verse 13 talks about bearing with one another and forgiving one another um that's kind of self-explanatory um just being there with someone if they're going through something whether that's a celebration or a time of sorrow just continually being with them and you know we're all gonna rub each other wrong at some point because we're humans so being able to get past that move move on and forgive them um, and then in verse 14 it talks about putting on love and letting this love and this peace of Christ rule in your hearts and then he tags on this one little line and be thankful because sometimes we're not thankful when we're doing these things mm -hmm. but you know I like how he tagged that on to it yeah so you know Go, go back to Jesus on the cross and Jesus forgiving the men that were down there below him who, who were literally taking his life away from him and while they do so they're gambling over his clothes and that was a common occurrence uh, as far as they were concerned he was soldiers or they were soldiers he was dead this is how we make our money we take what you have and Jesus response to that was to look at him and say Father, in all of their lives and in all of their circumstances, please just exclude what you're seeing here. Don't, don't, don't look at this as a moment of them being selfish, which is essentially what sin is. Don't look at them as doing just, just please just exclude this. Uh, and, and that's not an accident. We say, well, he forgave them because he was God. Um, well, he was fully human. 
And in his full humanity at that point, he he personified the glory of God by becoming exactly what we were intended to be as humans, uh, which is self-sacrificial. And he didn't get there accidentally. He got there by having brothers, and he got there by having a mother and a father and, and all those interactions that led him up to that point. And uh, so when he says, and let the peace of Christ, the reality that God is in control, that's why Jesus was able to do that on the cross, rule your hearts. And that's a, that's a strong challenge. It is. And then John thirteen thirty five says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And I think that just ties all those verses in together. The way we treat people and the way we choose to um, clothe ourselves, because he talks about that here, clothe yourselves with compassion and kindness. Then the way we interact with others really show who we are if we're a Christ follower or not, because we'll, people will know that we are if we love one another. Yeah, Vicki Courtney has a quote on the next page that I'm looking at here, and it says, We as believers cannot be effective in offering others hope and forgiveness, which is what we tell people we're offering them through the person of Jesus, when we're not living in the light of that hope, when we're harboring anger and bitterness. And we, and we speak as if we don't have hope. And I mean, a lot of times I can get caught up in that. And the world's terrible. The situation's terrible. You know, all of these problems around us, and, and uh, we lose it. Yeah, and not to exclude the problems. There yeah, are, they're absolutely. there. And and what you may be going through, because it's very real and very clear, but there is a fringe of hope that you can hold on to, and people will see that hope and realize, wow, there's something different about them. Yeah, and Paul, in the next passage as we look at this here, begins to give us you know, just a couple building blocks. And, uh, and he says, okay, here's, here's, here's something to you know, step out on, and uh, then pick up the one behind you and step out on it. If you've ever been given that task of, can you get your whole team from here to here with these two pieces of wood? And, you know, you have to step on one and then reach back and hand it and go on. And that's what Paul's given us here is just a couple building blocks to set in front of us as we walk in our lives. Verse 16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell richly among you in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I like this um, first paragraph here. I'm going to read it that the writer wrote. The best way to learn more about God is through his word. And the believer's life is the most common way people encounter Jesus. Therefore, when believers allow the word of God to take up residence and dwell in them, we can't help but reveal Christ. When we talk about this, I want to I just kind of deviate for a minute here and slow down on what it means to ingest the Word of God. Because I, a lot of people talk about, well, you know, do I read every day? Do I read this study? Do I read the whole Bible through? Etc. 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 Wonderful questions. When this there are passages of scripture that are much more conducive to you being overwhelmed by the fullness and richness of God as an average reader than other passages. Now, I know some people say, well, you can read the names of Leviticus and be blessed. Well, I don't know who those people are, but I, I read the names of Leviticus and say, I can't pronounce that. I'm just going to be point blank with you. I've literally heard that from the pulpit. But Psalm 1, Psalm 23, 
Psalm 19, Psalm 100, Psalm 139, Psalm 118, uh, 1 John chapter 1, 1 John chapter 1 and 2, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 4, chapter 6, I mean, 3, I mean, those are passages of scriptures that you may just want to, like literally that may be the only passage you read for a month. I mean, what, what shame would there be in that, that that you're letting the truth of God's word um, in a particular passage just just wash over you mm -hmm. uh, and just, just indwell your spirit. So I, I wanted to just, you know, when we talk about the word of Christ, because remember, who is the word? The word is actually Jesus. The, the, the living word is Jesus and so when he says the word of Christ and the word Christ is Messiah so he's talking about Jesus the Messiah dwell richly among you and so the promises of Jesus and the promises of God are things that we need to just let roll over us uh, in a continual pattern right um, dwell means to abide for a time and richly means in abundance. So when I think of those words which follow, let the word of Christ, which we just talked about, dwell richly, like just sit in you, just pour over you. Um, just to be able to, like I like to go outside sometimes and just sit and you can hear the birds and you can hear the kids playing all around the neighborhood and the trains going by and the cars going by. And I think that's kind of a, an earthly way of, or, you know, a more tangible way of getting that, just mm -hmm. being able to sit in your car and listen to a song or play in the Bible or being able to just sit at home and read it and just saturate yourself with it and just think about it and dwell in it. Absolutely. Uh, and so, I mean, and that's where he, he rolls right into, here's how you do it. You do it through, through rhythm, psalms, you know, this poetry, hymns, you know, it's a little bit, less defined poetry but it's still something that has some structure and form to it mm -hmm. which is by the way that's why i'm saying that this here these are all of these things he re reveals here are not like big passages these are structured passages where the person would repeat these things over and over and paul as a jew would have memorized much of of, of scripture and he would have done it in the, those patterns and uh, so i mean this is kind of the idea that he's given to us is to and let that become such a huge part of our life. Um, what what we put in ultimately is going to come out. Whatever it is we think about a lot, you know, if you have a hobby or a sport that you really enjoy, um, you'll ingest it, and that's what you'll think about and talk about all the time. And if we do the same thing, not saying we don't have hobbies and we don't have things we like to do, but if you ingest the word or psalms hymns spiritual songs as much as you ingest the other things that you really like to do those things will saturate your life and that's what will ultimately come out when you're you won't even think about it it won't be it'll be like second nature you know you may get that phone call that you didn't want to hear or you may have this you know wonderful exciting news but what's going to come out is what you've ingested so what it is whatever it is you're putting in you know, will ultimately come out. So just make sure that you're dividing your time wisely and putting lots of things in that you should be. Yeah, and I would just encourage you that, you know, as we move towards the end of it here, he says, whatever you do in word or deed, do it in the name of Jesus. Um, so it's not self-promoting. It's not self-serving. Um, it's, it's actually to have faith. So even though you may at times not feel any results or any whatever 
You may feel like you're even rejected or mistreated by others. Um, you do it through faith. And he says, and by the way, while you're doing it, give thanks. And it's the second time in about four verses where he's like, give thanks. Um, this is not a punishment. It's not, nobody who's ever trying to live for Christ is punishing themselves. You might discipline yourself just like an Olympic swimmer disciplines themselves so they can swim better and faster, but they don't consider that punishment. They consider that working towards a goal. And so Paul says one of the ways you can remember you're working towards a goal is to give thanks, you know, and be be interconnected with who God is at the same time. Definitely. I think um, one of the big things to remember, too, is that people do see how we act, not just what we say. And the writer pointed out that, that we can devote a lot of time and energy to debating theology and religion. And, and you know those people. They have to be right. They have, Everything's got to be their way. Um, or you're just not a believer. But the thing is, if you offer people hope that you know you have in Christ, and if they see how you live reflected in your actions, not just your words, not just you going around telling them how to live, if they see that reflected in your life, that is the Jesus that they see. And that's the word they'll be able to read and grasp just like you just reflected. So how we live definitely reflects the message that we carry around. Yeah, and when we, when we say, you know, how do we share Christ with others? Um, man, the choices we make every day. And, and then you can sit here and look back on your day and say, oh, I just did this. Whatever. Well, you know, the response to that is, as Paul would say, one another, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, which means a lot of times apologizing uh, for things that we've done or said to, to move into that. And to allow that to happen, so you know how we how we live is or is what people hear. It really is the intellectual side of things plays a large role. Paul debates people intellectually. Jesus debated people intellectually, um, but ultimately it was their life and the life that was surrendered to God uh, that they had to present to others. So, thank y'all for joining us. We appreciate it, and we'll see you next week.